I actually have a funny story. I can't remember what year it was or when it was, but I remember getting my bag off the off the um, you know, the spinning wheel thing at the airport, and um, on my bag tag, someone wrote chokers on it. Um, oh, so one of the you know, bag handlers uh, out the back at some point in the, between the 09 10 seasons um, just wrote chokers on my on my bag tag. When Wayne rolled in the door, this club didn't have a lot of belief. There was a lot of people that had gone out of their way to make sure that we knew that we were chokers. We had a little bit of a thing there about the true believers. To all the true believers! If one thing changed that year, it mightn't have been our year. Put two down for Nightingale! It just had that air about it where what we're doing, it wasn't going to be stopped. The Dragons win the grand final! It was just so much relief after waiting 31 years. We've been knocked down and got back up again each time. And now we're here to all the true believers. Let's celebrate it. Hi, I'm Jason Nightingale, and you are listening to the True Believers Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with 2010 Clive Churchill medalist Darius Boyd. We'll start at the start. Um, first, we first met coming down to uh, the Dragons in 2009. Um, probably starting, you were one of only two players, um, yourself and Jeremy Smith, that had a premiership under your belt. I remember speaking to you a little bit about the fact that you already had a premiership. But what, what do you remember from that and, and what, what sort of experience was, was winning you the first premiership that you got with the, with the Broncos? Yeah, I suppose I was probably just really young, to be honest. Um, first year in, playing with you know Darren Lockyer and Webke and um, Sipping a Siever, those type of blokes. So probably... Um, just rode their coattails a little bit and playing on the wing, um, you know, twenty-something games in, nineteen years old. Probably just thought it happened every year, and um, you know, after year after year after that, you know, a couple of years you didn't make it. You kind of realise how hard they are to win and how hard they are to get there. And um, I wasn't probably thinking about grand finals coming to the Dragons. Just probably just coming down to further my career, I wanted to play fullback if I got the chance to, which I did, um, which was really enjoyable and. I was lucky enough to come down to a, a quality team that had been, you know, there or thereabouts in, in, in finals series before. And I think Wayne just put the icing on the cake. So 2009, um, obviously Wayne moves. Um, what sort of conversations did he have with you when he was um, coming coming to that decision of, of coming down the gong? It was pretty easy in the end. I think uh, I wanted to stay in Brisbane, if I was being honest. Uh, I had one more year to go in Brisbane. I had the 2009 season to go and... Uh, Wayne told me to go have a chat to the, um, you know, the head staff there at the, at the time that was staying around about about me. So he obviously knew there was something going on, and um, I spoke to them, and they just said, "Look, you can stay in 2009, but we won't re-sign you after that. So you might as well go now where you're playing good football." And I'd actually just played Origin in 2008 for the first time, so so that was pretty hard for me to you know, take. But at the same time, I'm you know, very grateful that I did make the decision to come down to the Dragons, and, and Wayne gave me that opportunity to come down and. Um, he kind of told me I was going to play. He wanted me to play center, I think, originally because Gaz left um, and Brett Morris was going to play fullback. So you had yourself and uh, Wendell on the wings. Um, I remember him saying something about guaranteeing spots, and I think it was only maybe Coops and yourself or Coops and D- Wendell or someone like that. They only gave two spots that were guaranteed in that yeah, back line. And Coops and Dale, favorites. And, club um, favorites so, got there. Yeah, so I think, uh, and then the preseason, I think I, I trained at center and fullback, and nothing was set in stone, but. Um, end up working out that I played fullback and I was yeah I think it was my best position I'm glad that it stayed that way yeah well I, th- I think it's, it's crazy to hear that that you know you go and have a conversation and beyond 2009 they weren't going to re-sign you there that's pretty 
pretty crazy, especially the point in the career you're at, and probably said a lot about um, you know, the, the the yeah management at the time, and um, mm. obviously great the, created the opportunity for us down at the Dragons. But um, when you when you did come around, what, what I remember is um, our first our first little period in '09 preseason. Um, I think you toured. Did you tour the '09 season with? The the kangaroos over overseas. Oh eight one for for yeah, before oh eight yeah, 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 oh yeah, 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 sorry for before the 09 thing and then straight um, into camp. Yeah. yeah, straight into camp. Um, myself, you, um, Jezza, I think that was it that that went in fresh. Mm-hmm. And what do you remember about about that? Obviously, experiencing those those sort of camps, um, with the Broncos beforehand, you knew it was going to be tougher than probably what a lot of us thought. Yeah, oh, they're always hard, and I think Wayne always loved them and backed them and. Um, I think as a playing group, it always brings you together and, and um, get a sense of achievement and belonging, I suppose, and brings a, a, a group together pretty quickly. But at the time, the three days you're doing them, they're not enjoyable, as you know, and they're, you know, they're hard to come back from, especially if you've come off you know, a tour or been on a way you know, playing footy rep, rep teams and you have to come back probably a bit underdone straight into those camps. They're always challenging, but um, I think I think it's what sets your team up and and you, and you group up for a good season when you you put in the hard yards. What I remember about that is you weren't really that underdone. I felt like you, you kept it up, and I think you had an insight into what the camp was going to be like. We we'd all been on um, Nathan Brown camps the year before. I think we did Jindabyne and um, caused all sorts of trouble. We ended up at the pub every night, and um, yeah, we we thought it was going to be something like that. But um, I think it was you had a little bit more insight. And you go, no, 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 this is not going to be easy. And I remember going, oh, geez, now I'm anxious. I slept well last night. Now I'm now I'm probably a little bit nervous. So. Um, yeah, that, and I think that kicked on into that 09 off-season. Once we got back and we were doing these like ridiculous 1.2s, which I suppose you'd grown up doing, um, with Jeremy yeah. Hickman's and that. Uh, how did you find, I, I know myself and, and BMOZ and, and the other outside backs that were that were watching you were like, you, you were leading it all. How did you find that? Did you find it easy to adapt or were you trying to impress a bit extra? Like I felt like you were in better shape than most of us. Do you think that was out of you already knew what you're in for. Yeah, it's probably a bit of both. I suppose when you play in a team sport, you want to um, impress your peers and your teammates and make sure that they're someone that, you know, they want to play with you and you want to play with them. And I think that's something that I probably went down with that mentality. Uh, and like you said, yeah, I was probably lucky enough having Jezza for three years prior that I knew the 1.2s, I knew what was um, expected and what, what we had to do to get um, you know, get the job done. So I was probably ready for it a uh, lot longer before you guys were. I suppose the the uh, adapting to to Wollongong life, being a Brizzy boy, um, yeah, quite a social sort of crowd, um, you know, big, bigger bigger place than than the Gong. Um, how did you find that? All I remember is you living above the what chicken shop or, or whatever it was down there. It's noodle box. Noodle box above the noodle box, very close to um, some of the, the the watering holes of Wollongong. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience, um, your housemates, and and how you adapted to. To living the the slower pace of, of Wollongong life. Yeah, I was um, pretty lucky that Nick Emmett come down as well uh, from the Broncos, and because we were on that tour at the end of the year, I think you were on that tour as well, the World Cup tour. Um, so Emmett, Nick, he, um, you know, we obviously organised we we're going to live together. Uh, he found a place, um, so it's probably and he was like he loved a beer, so it's probably why he found that <laughs> like, above the middle box and across the road from one of the you know drinking spots of Wollongong. But that made it my job easier. Nick was a little bit older than us, and um, you know, so I just come down. There was a house there ready to go, or a unit there ready to go. I had to bring a bit of furniture and bring my car down, and, and I was set to go. So uh, that was, you know, I was very lucky that Nick come down. 
at the same time and probably helped set up before I got there, which was made my job easier because I was a little bit nervous moving away from home the first time you know, being out of um, well, Queensland. Um, but uh, it was an exciting challenge as well. I think something that um, I think you learn a lot about yourself and you can grow a lot as a person moving away from home and uh, it's not always easy, but I've always made um, decisions based on the best interests of my rugby league career and I changed schools when I was in year 10 to better off my rugby league career. You know, I went to the Dragons, I've been to Newcastle, back to Brisbane, so all because of the, I thought they were best decisions for my rugby league career and um, you only have a short career and I thought you know, I'm going to make the most of it as much as I can. So we got to 09 season and uh, everything was going okay um, until the back end of the year. What What are your memories of um, the sort of the back end of that season, obviously the the uh, first semi-final after um, finishing minor premiers? Yeah, I remember obviously we played Parra in that last game at, at Cogra and we pumped them. Uh, and looking back, I can't remember if I thought about it at the time, but looking back, I had to play them, you know, the same, the same team, the same place a week later and... Um, I think they had a couple of uh, late inclusions, some good players, maybe Highmarsh and a couple others that didn't play the game before. But uh, it was probably a bit of um, yeah, over overconfident from the game before. We weren't going that well before that. I think we lost three or four in a row, which I've been used to being at the Broncos, especially with you know the Origin players we used to have at the Broncos. There's a lot of um, they used to call it a bit of a slump Origin period, um, and I think we did have a little bit of that at the Dragons as well, uh, more so probably other years than 09, but um, I was used to those type of like late season fades a little bit just because it's a long year. Um, I suppose that, that last win probably gave maybe a lot of us some um, confidence that we probably didn't really have or gave us a bit of um, you know, a head that we probably thought we were back on track when we really weren't. Um, but it's always hard to play a team and then to go back and play them a week later. It's I think it's really hard to get up and be motivated again, and I think that's what we kind of seen. The advantage almost sits with the with the team, the underdog, the team that lost there, and um, yeah, rolling up the bad end of the old school system where we have to travel and play um, another team, no matter if you finish first. Um, obviously, going up and playing your your former team, how did that go for you personally? I always enjoy one. One, I love playing at Suncorp, whether I was playing for um, Brisbane or the Dragons in Newcastle. Um, it's one of the best stadiums to play at, so I don't think. There's much advantage for the Broncos sometimes because it's just such a great stadium and um, there's a lot of stadiums being built lately that um, makes it a lot easier to go to away away trips these days than what it has in the past. But uh, we beat the Broncos up there. I think it was round four um, for the Dragons. So it was our first, well, my first time back and I think we were pretty comprehensive that night too. So I was you know, I was pretty confident. I always you know, loved going home, going back to Brisbane. I uh, had a couple of mates in the team still, obviously. So it was enjoyable for me. Um, Obviously not the result, we didn't get the win, um, but yeah, I, I always look at those games as you know, a highlight or a, a little one that you always look forward to a bit more than others. How do you think Wayne helped to get us back on track um, rolling into that off-season? Yeah, I don't really remember any much talk about it or coming from the leader, leader leadership group in the, uh, at all, but I suppose I do remember in the papers in the last fair bit, you know, the old chokers tag and that type of stuff, not so much. It was more leading up to 2010, I felt like I felt that just because... Um, we were at the same position again. We come first and everyone's going, oh, they're going to choke again. I actually have a funny story. I can't remember what year it was or when it was, but I remember getting my bag off the off the um, you know, the spinning wheel thing at the airport and um, on my bag tag, someone wrote chokers on it. Um, oh, so one of the you know, bag handlers uh, out the back at some point in the, between the 09 and 10 seasons um, just wrote chokers on my, on my bag tag. So 
I wouldn't have known whose bag it was. It just yeah. was a dragon bag with a number on it. But um, so you, even when you don't, if you don't read papers, you try to stay out of the media. You can't get away from some of those things because yeah. um, people uh, find a way to get it to you in some some way. So I suppose I've, I've seen it more from the outside than anything. I didn't yeah. feel it, the pressure from within. Um, but yeah, it was a tough way to go out. But I think when we when we really when I when I look back at that team. Um, you know, with a new coach, a couple of new players, um, you know, it, it takes a while to gel. And I think sometimes while we did gel through the year, we just played basic, consistent football and that gets you nine times out of ten, that's good enough to get wins where in the finals you've got to be a, you know, a team that's done it time and time again and be at the best of your game and just be, you know, playing at the highest level and sometimes up your game a little bit. I think that's probably where we fell down a little bit, um, where I think that nine season probably led us into 2010, which was probably – you think about it, having two years together, mm. um, you know, working on plays, working on uh, um, mateship and all that that comes with, you know, team sports, culture, all that type of stuff. I think that's what probably won us in 2010 was the way we bonded in nine and just wanted to get that extra bit better for 10. Yeah, I remember, so bringing you uh, 2010 um, preseason, something that sticks out in my mind from memory is all the extra passing um, that you were doing. Um, obviously, we were all working on a game, but but um, the amount you worked and how hard you worked on on your passing, because obviously it wasn't you know, playing in the centres and wing. It's a bit different. You don't have to work on that. Did you have uh, specific extras? I just remember even being on the end of the drills, or um, you know, Bmos obviously being on the end and getting centre outside. H- how much work did you put into that? And I suppose the proof's in the pudding in what you were able to produce in '09 and and also with the try assist in 2010 what 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 went into that and did you set goals around that or how did you work so hard on developing that side of your game firstly i remember when i was with carmichael and at the broncos he used to work a heap on it he used to grab all the centers and wingers and work on three v2s two v1s um there's a couple of younger outside backs we always worked together on that so i probably got it from him originally mm-hmm. and then um, i remember in 2009 I was pretty proud of the season I had. Um, but I remember, again, media reports, a bit of a knock on our team and probably a little bit on a knock on me was that we didn't score enough points and uh, it was about me, you know, out the back, you know, passing three on twos, two on ones, all that type of stuff that um, that I couldn't create enough. Mm. So I think I probably had that in my mind as well. Um, but more so just knowing that, yeah, as a, as a footy player to get better, you always got to practice and get, uh, you know, practice your extras and do what you got to do as part of your job. Uh, my job was to set up tries at the back and you know be safe under the high ball. That's my probably two main jobs. So I always practice my catching and um, I always thought I was good enough at doing three on twos in the passing, but and no one's perfect. So I always thought I could be better. And the more I practiced and the more I got comfortable with playing with Sowie and, and Hornby and um, those guys that you know passed me the ball and then obviously you guys on the wings to make sure all the centers wherever I'm passing to that we're all in the right spots that it all works to a you know to a T, then um, that was going to be the, what the practice I needed to do. Yeah, so what sort of things did you find out of that? You know, we, you weren't obviously motivated by the chokers tag except when the baggage handler put it on your, your bag as opposed to everyone else's. But, um, you know, and then, and then reading some results about not getting points. What sort of things uh, did drive you? I, I always, you know, admired the way you train and, and even put myself next to you to train like that. But uh, what, what sort of things uh, do you think helped shape your work ethic and ability to, to find ways to improve? Uh, I just think I was a perfectionist growing up and fear of failure is another one. So I always wanted to be be not, not so much the best but be my best um, and I couldn't accept anything less than my best. Um, so I was very um, hard on myself. You know, if I made an error, I'd 
didn't do my job or you know, missed an opportunity or whatever that was. Um, I was probably at that age and when I was at the Dragons, I was probably um, reading papers and things about myself too much, um, fear of what people were saying about me and worried about what people thought, uh, want, wanting to always impress people, which uh, on one hand probably you know drove me to be try and be as successful as, as possible, but on the other hand it was probably a very um, negative and unhealthy you know way to live and, and way to think so we're getting into into the 2010 season now obviously everything's going on track you, you put all that work in like you said and we start we start getting to that or, origin period and what do you remember around the momentum that we created and then and then how we managed through the lull and, and what you did personally to to keep um i suppose on the field as much as possible in that in that period where you've got a hectic schedule origin especially in the queensland team was a good a time as ever to just get a break to be honest you know we have a 10-day camp um sometimes you can play a heap of games in a small space of time or you're always training um, where I felt like Mel and um, Kevy back into the origin years was um, more about just getting the team rested and making sure that um, we're all you know bonding together and coming as a group that we're just fresh and ready to go on the Wednesday night so uh, and then Wayne was also great at you know letting those origin players come back um, you know, just for team run before a game so you play Wednesday for Origin, you had a Saturday game, you just come back on Friday, you might not even do the team run, might do a swim in the pool. You play Saturday and he might give you the whole week off until the following team run again. I think I think the combo of those two, um, well, we're playing games of footy and they're all hard games of footy and you're playing a couple of games in a small space of time. I think those long rest periods of not training, I think that really keeps you, you know, fresh, ready, fit. Um, and mind on the job. I think the lull after Origin, I don't think it was a long one. I think we only lost three games from memory in 2010, um, which always seems to happen. And like I said, I think we had a lot more Origin players playing um, this in that 2010 season and nine. But um, I think that's what that's what you need. You need your best players uh, available uh, at the end of the year in playoffs and you need them you know, fresh and ready to go. And I think that's two things we both had um, in the lead up to the 2010 final series. And I think our slump was a bit earlier this year than it was the year prior. I think we lost three in, in the early stages um, in rounds 20s around there. And I yeah. think we had a couple of wins leading up to finals. Yeah. Where I think 2009, we won the very last game. So we kind of left our run a little bit too late. Another impact around that time after Origin, um, especially Gaz talks about it, is um, him coming back to the team. Um, do you remember that making a difference? Uh, and what was your sort of impression of that? That was around the lull time and, and probably a good time for him to come and get warmed up. Yeah, well, firstly, I remember. I think he came back. I think it was announced he was coming back around Origin time. Because I don't think, I don't think I played in his first game from memory. Um, but I mean, as a fan, really, I mean, I was young, and I mean, I watched Gaz play for years, so I was pretty excited just to have Gaz in our team, and couldn't wait to go back to training and meet him. So, for, from my point of view, uh, I was pretty pumped to have Gaz come back to the team. I mean, you guys had all played with him before, but I hadn't. So, um, Gaz is like Darren Ock at the Bronx to the Dragons, you know. So. I was like, how cool is that? I get to go back and you know, play with Gaz. And, um, and the other thing, I think it helped our team as well because I think you know, we were left, left-hand side dominated a lot. And it was a lot well documented and spoken about. But I think Gaz and Sowie and yourself had a real good combo there on the right. And I think that just gave us that little bit extra in, in attack that, um, that we needed to you know, get the job done in 10. And I think that definitely probably gave everyone a bit of confidence too. With that block run, it was it's quite simple. You talked about short and long. What what is your role? I spoke to Benny Cray around his role and and how you know the fact that he was the greatest decoyer of uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, eleven season. Uh, I suppose give me a little bit of uh, nerdy rugby league detail in what your role is at the back of that lead and what determines your decision making. 
obviously it's it's a whole team thing, you know, we've got to get right numbers for a start when you're playing that shape and then the halfback has to you know, take it to the line but not too far where by the time he passes to me, the centre's jamming me or um, and I don't have time to throw it off. But, um, you know, Benny Cray ran some good decoys, but he also ran some good lines and scored a heap of tries too, I remember that year. So I had Matt Cooper and um, uh, Brett Morris outside me, so it was kind of pick your poison of who you try to defend. But uh, for me, I'm just, depending on what the t- team's doing, if they're, de- if they're jamming or if they're sliding, it really depends on how I play it. So if they're jamming, then I'll you know, slow my run up and I want the ball early off my halfback. And if they're, if they're sliding, then I'll be running really fast and I'll catch the pass a bit wider. So and I'll ask, um, tell the half to pass it to me a bit later just so um, I can get to the centre and play three on two. Otherwise, if they're jamming um, in defence and coming at me, then I just want it, I want it early because I know that if the centre's coming, the winger, most good teams, your winger follows. So then the centre's jamming me, the winger's going to jam our centre. So I've already, as soon as I feel that pressure from the centre, I'm just throwing long every time. It was kind of, that was our attack. I mean, Wayne let, um, left our attack up to us pretty much and we you know, we got bagged. Even in 2010, we won the comp. You know, they bagged us saying we couldn't score enough points and the Roosters, you know, they had Carney and Pierce and all these, and Astor and all these guys could score points. But in the, in the grand final, we ended up scoring 32 points because uh, when you when you when you win the game with your defense and on the back and then the attack comes on the back of that, you start to pile up points. And I think that was our team for a lot of the time. I was at the Dragons for those three years. Really, we we defended well. It'll be a low scoring game for 50, 60, 70 minutes. Um, it'd be, you know, 12, 10, 12, 8. And then we ended up winning the game thirty to eight, thirty to ten because we'd end up piling the points because we just suffocated the team for so long. And that was on the back of our defense. And um, but you know, back to the block, it's just a a really simple play it's five on four um if you make the right decisions and all you have to do is get you might do it 10 times and if you if you complete it three out of 10 that's still three tries 18 points so um don't have to you know dress anything up sometimes trying to be too fancies um and get you undone as well you're hooking bmos up with all these tries um gave me a few as well Gaz gave me a couple he tries to say that he gave me more than he did but um yeah we get into that season and like you said that we started to peak back up towards the end of that season, have a couple of good wins rolling in. Um, first first semi-final or qualifying final, um, Manly. Why, do you remember much about that? Yeah, I remember being pretty nervous uh, for that one in particular because obviously for what happened the year before, uh, we lost at home in that you know same game, first versus eighth, and um, a lot of external pressure on us, I guess. And, and the other thing, I think Manly limped into the finals that year too. I think they had a heap of injuries, so everyone was expecting us to you know just roll them over and win easily. And I think that game... It kind of probably worked out well for us that we played Manly, who really just limped in with some injuries because um, I think we just needed to get over that hump. Once we got that first win, we we didn't we didn't blow them off the park, which we probably should have. I think we the scoreline suggested that in the end. I think it was twenty eight nil. I think it was pretty close for quite a while, um, but I think it was just that you know monkey off the back. We needed to get a bit of confidence to get you know get to the next stage, have that week off, which is really important. Have that week off as well, refreshing everyone up and get ready for that Tigers game. So I think. Um, blessing in disguise that we played a team limping in with some of their best players out to just give us that confidence, get over that hump and get on to the next level. Then we get through and end up playing the Tigers and, and I suppose that's where some of the baggage where you didn't have to deal with and I, I didn't have to deal with is that the, the memories or nightmares of 2005 versus the Tigers. Um, do you remember that other than in the media? Yeah, I don't remember that one as much as far as pressure. I mean, for me, I just remember going there and you know seeing you know, red and white everywhere. I was just that was probably 
not one of the first times, but as you know, I probably realised that that Cogger on the hill with all the signs. But I've really realised as I went to the Dragons how important and uh, how um, you know how much appreciation their fans have for the team and uh, how much love and how much support they give the players there too. So um, I really enjoyed that from all the Dragons fans and uh, that's something that I really remembered for that West Tigers game. I just remember seeing, you know, see a red and white and uh, it was more like, you know, once you get to those big games, you know, it's you know, it's game time and it's when you know, I think uh, as a player that's ones you 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 train for in November and do those army camps because uh, a packed house with half your half of it um, screaming for you to get into the grand finals while you play. And I think, I mean, other guys might have been different, but for me, I think I was more nervous for the you know the manly game. But once we got to the Tigers one, I felt like we just needed to get out there and play and and try and do our best. What do you remember about the flow of the game and 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 how sort of much of a slog it was? I think we went into half time down, which I think we'd been again spoken about in the media how we weren't a team that come from behind well. We couldn't score enough points to come from behind. Uh, we were a front running team. We'd you know suffocate with defense. We'd score early, um, and then Saudi would just kick from deep, and we'd just play the long game. Um, and we always did that all year. And I think um, that was a bit of confidence booster for us too, to uh, and a bit of resilience too, I guess, to come in a prelim final and with all the suppose. Um, Hoodoos from the past with a lot of the players, you know, from like you said, those 05 teams and whatnot, about getting to those prelims and not jumping over the line. Um, for us to come back from down at half time uh, and I mean, we scraped through, but we got there. What were your memories on uh, that sort of final play um, from the Tigers? And then what were the sort of feelings you had um, being part of, of the closure of that game, I suppose? Yeah, I don't think much of it at the time. I suppose the taking the ball dead but I suppose when I think back or look back now like if it took a funny bounce and I missed it and they score like I'm going down in history as killing the Dragons chance of getting a grand final and I'd be hated it from Dragons fans forever so when I look back and what the flip side of that would have been then um, I'm very glad that I didn't stuff that up you know getting to a grand final is just as hard as uh, or winning it is harder obviously but getting there is just as hard and sometimes you just got to get there and once you get there it's a new game and anyone can do it on the day so um, I missed it for a couple of years after the 6 one, and um, I felt more a part of this one being a fullback and had a couple of good years at the Dragons. So I felt like I was contributing a lot more than what I was in 2006. So um, it was a lot more rewarding for me personally um, and, yeah, just uh, a bit more mature and could really, uh, I suppose, take it in my stride and uh, actually enjoy the week and grand final week and breakfast and everything that comes with it too. It was it's an exciting time. 06, did you – were you uh... – stationed up in uh, the eastern suburbs of uh, Bondi Beach and, and where we were positioned for the Tigers and the and the grand final as well. Is that your uh, home away from home during the final series for yourself? Yeah, Swiss Grand, I think it was called. Uh, yeah, so we, most of the year we used to always stay at Coogee, uh, at Coogee Bay, Crown Plaza. And then for finals, we used to mix it up and stay at you know, Swiss Grand and Bondi, just a, you know, a bit nicer, a bit more fancier, a bit like... And the sun's come out, it's beach season, um, you know, a bit more enjoyable, a bit more, um, you know, something to look forward to, I guess. And, and Wayne was always good at you know, mixing things up like that. You'd, you'd remember um, we would always train away from, you know, the stadium um, in pre-season. We used to train at the uni, uh, even in Brisbane and other clubs I've been at, we'd always train away from the ground. And then a week before round one, uh, we'd come back and get back into our facility and, you know, round one's coming along because you're back at, you know, back at headquarters and training where you normally train, uh, he used to do the same for finals. You know, you, once finals come around, you, you know, go to a new hotel. You might stay down 
a bit longer, an extra night um, to prepare. Um, we might go out for a dinner together or do some bonding uh, in that way as well. So we always well, we'll go watch a movie as a group, something like that, just to you know, make it real special. Um, and I think you really you know that you know, there's a exciting time in your life coming up and that's the finals and that's why we play and that's what I think Wayne was good at uh, making those special occasions extra special. Yeah, that week you, you spoke about a little bit. Um, what were your memories of that grand final breakfast and you have some fond memories in that week? Uh, I remember walking out on that um, you know, big fanfare at, um, in Sydney. I think it was Darling Harbour or something. Uh, heaps of fans, one of those promo things you do. and um, There's fans everywhere all dressed in our suits. and um, Yeah, so... Yeah, I remember that. Um, grand final breakfast, I remember that. I remember Bo Scott nearly taking my leg off at a training session. I think it was at um, Redfern. Redfern. Yeah. Um, at the day or two before the game. Oh, that wasn't fun. That was a bit silly. But... I'd forgotten about that. That was hilarious. That was ca- that might have even been captain's run. That might have even been ca- it was captain's run. Oh, let's run through that. I, I just I just had a flashback on that. And especially us pretty outside backs going, what is this idiot forward doing? Um, was it like a kick pressure or a late? It was, it was almost like if it was in a game, he would have been suspended. Yeah, I mean, they tried to tackle me. It was something weird. Captain's run, you're never doing any tackling. <laughs> no, no tackling, especially on outside backs. It's bad. And it wasn't bad. Like, it was just like a cork or something. But I was a bit of a prima <laughs> donna in that way. Anyway. Yeah, so angry, man, he like, made it a bit worse than what it was. Both being low, just... That's how he plays, whether it's training or games, he's 100 miles an hour. And that's why we love him. We just you know, like playing against him, I guess. So we get to GF, uh, your memories on that. I mean, you talked about being 50 50 run out at West, you know, when we play the Tigers um, in there. What, what were your memories on, on running out on grand final day and the prep, um, getting to the game and, and, and the build up to that? Yeah, I just remember it being a long day and I remember it raining on that day too. And um, as you know, as fullbacks and wingers, it's not ideal for us. Um, I get quite nervous about catching bombs and staring at water hitting me in the face when I'm trying to catch and my passing game and all that type of stuff. You know, I think the weather um, can hinder you know, my game a little bit. So, um, but yeah, luckily the, the rain stopped uh, later in the afternoon and didn't really come back until we'd already had the you know, game basically won. So, um, but I remember being a bit nervous about that. But Apart from that, it's always a long day, a lot of thinking. Um, but once you get out there and warming up, it's always the same. Um, obviously, warming up inside usually though with grand finals. Um, then when you run out and you just see all the fans and the sea of red and white and all the signs, um, everyone just you know proud of their team and they're all there cheering for you. All your families in the stands, everyone watching on at home on TV. You know, it's not a bigger occasion than the grand final. Yeah, that game. Um memories of, uh, of of that game went to plan at the start but obviously the middle of the first half and even the end of the first half what were your memories on that do you still have carry confidence into half time then yeah I think so like I said before against the Tigers we went in that game with a um, deficit half time I think it was the same with the Roosters only down by two but uh, we weren't known for being good at you know, turning deficits around at half time but uh, I think we gained confidence from the West Tigers game and it wasn't a big one and I think one of the Roosters tries was a bit a um, bit of a 50 50 yeah, call with that knock on kick thing. I still don't think it was a try. So, um, but yeah, I think we just had to get back in the game, just play that grinding football, playing like it was nil all and um, kick on the back of Sowie. And then when our, when our plays work, they work and go from there. I think that's what we did. Yeah, it was, it was sort of like one all and no tries. Allegedly, B went out just before Gaz's try, but that's still, you know, 
it is what it is. Um, and yeah. then we came back out uh, after half time and, and uh, started to gain a bit of momentum. Do you remember that momentum and what was your feeling like uh, when we started to gain control? I think it was just down there end a fair bit. I think that's even this, to that, today, this you know, it's 10 years later, but you know, the, the game still played the same. If you spend enough time down the other end of the field against um, you know, attacking their line, whether you put on a good shape or you just throw it to a forward and he dives over. If you spend enough time, someone will make the wrong decision, someone will get a quick play of the ball and you'll score a try. And I think a couple of those tries, I think that bounce pass one that you scored was one of them. I think um, uh, Dino's one, Feensy's one. Those two are, again, the same. They weren't spectacular set-up play tries. They were just being down there, consistent pressure, other team getting tired, and you, you eventually find a way over the try line. Talking about spectacular setups, um, you, you got a little. I, I gave you a try assist by scoring off the back of uh, one of your one of your trademark passes on the edge. Do you remember uh, the setup to that? And uh, yeah, what was your sort of decision making process for that to to set up that try? Benny Hornby come around to the right side late. Uh, so usually it's Jamie and Sowie on the on the right, but um, Benny come around and I think Toddy Carney defended pretty well when I was watching the replays of it. Um, he didn't really bite in. The centre didn't jam, um, so I tried to just run fast at the centre and get to make it a three-on-two, but Toddy was coming. Um, he was defending it pretty well, but when you look back, you know, BJ Lillard was on the wing there as a young kid. I think he was only 18 playing in the grand final, probably only played a handful of games. Um, you have someone like Gaz there who, you know, BJ jams too early and lets me have the chance to throw it to you. Um, and you say, you know, if we didn't have Gaz there, for example, you know, Gaz scored a try in the first half. And a lot of people don't see these type of things, uh, but it still works to this day. A lot of, you know, off the ball stuff, um, Gaz's presence, um, like Benny Cray's presence when he runs through a decoy on the left and I get out the back and it's three on two. Um, same with Gaz, you know, if Gaz isn't there, if Bo Scott's playing center or, you know, Chase Stanley or someone else that didn't have Gaz's resume as a center, um, BJ might not jam there and doesn't open the spot up because, like I said, Toddy defended it really well. He had me. The centre stayed on the centre. But for whatever reason, BJ wanted to jam and thought he had to. Um, gave me the chance to pass it to you. Hornby behind Scott. And here's Boyd in from the back. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Nightingale has scored for the Dragons. What was the moment where you knew you were going to win? And did you find um, a little bit of time to, to celebrate on the field? Yeah, that's one thing. You don't really get a lot of opportunity, um, whether it's in any game, let alone grand finals. But... Um, I can't remember. It would have been after the second last try, so maybe it was when we were twenty to twenty something to eight up. Um, by then, when you know you're, you're scoring and you're walking back, and everyone's talking and you're having a drink, and you, know, you start to look around you know, the crowd, and you can hear the Dragons fans a bit more louder, and they're standing up, and the flags are waving, and the Roosters ones are probably sitting down and not doing too much, and the rain's coming down then too. So you know, once we had that like probably three score lead. And it's raining and it's probably 20 minutes left. You kind of know that it's pretty hard for them to come back and, and the kind of team that we were, you know, which was a defensive team that we probably had it in the bag and um, you never take anything for granted. But um, that team we had, there's a lot of experience in there. They've been around for a long time, played in a lot of big games. Um, we already built that season for two years to that game. So, um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty special, not just to win a grand final, but actually able to celebrate it probably for 10, 15 minutes on the field as well. I think that makes it even, even more special. Going to presentation and uh, you yourself, you were sort of, um, I know you're not much of an individual accolade, but uh, it would have been nice to, to get the, the Dally M that you rightfully deserved um, that year. Um, getting named uh, Clive Ch- Churchill, what did what did that mean for yourself um, personally? And as, as like I said, especially you sort of got dudded the Dally M that year, uh, missing out on that and, and getting that 
um, Clive Hirchall, pretty special award for yourself? Yeah, I'm always a bit funny with these things when I talk about it. I suppose there's a lot of agendas in rugby league. Um, so I think not so much like I got dudded in the Dally M, but I do think that uh, my season of play probably helped me get the Clive Churchill. Um, if I'm being honest, I'm not saying it because you're here, but I think you probably had a better game than me in the grand final. I also think probably Jeremy Smith and maybe even Dean Young had a better game than me in the grand final. Um, but end of the day, I, I got it. You know, I got it awarded to me. I'm, I'm very grateful for getting the award, uh, and something I think back now when people talk about my career and what I've achieved, and uh, having that on my resume is very, yeah, something I'm very proud of, and um, like I said, very grateful for. Um, but I think um, if the Roosters won, I've said this a few times. If the Roosters won, Todd Carding was going to get the Clive Churchill, and if we won, I was going to get it. I just think um, it's sometimes there's a lot of agendas in rugby league, and sometimes we probably need. Um, some outsourced voting on some of these things. I think sometimes when you have rugby league players and ex-players and and media and journalists voting on some of these um, special awards, I think sometimes um, they can be um, pushed a certain way or through a certain uh, agenda. So, yeah, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm yeah, very grateful for getting it, something I didn't really think about. Um, but when you're all said and done, you finish your career and, um, you look at you know your jerseys on the wall or your you know, your, your medals and your awards. Um, something I'm very very proud of for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that was it was a reward of of what you'd been able to achieve, and especially for our team to be able to get us where you got and and being such a linchpin of of what we we're able to achieve. It was mate, pretty awesome to be able to um, get it, get it capped off in that way. And uh, yeah, rolling into a um, little bit of a celebration. And uh, what do you remember about the uh, the celebrations afterwards. No, I remember going back to Cogra. Um, and obviously, a lot of our fans watched the game at Cogra. They had a big screen there. Um, there was a heap of fans watching it there and a bit, bit of a stage. So uh, we went back there and um, on the, singing the song with uh, the team and all our staff and everyone that had been involved all year and obviously all the fans that were there. And a lot of the fans come back from um, the game to Cogra as well. Um, we stayed the night. In the sheds, which was which was interesting. Uh, a couple of cigars getting passed around, having a few pops with them for the first time. Me personally, so that was interesting as well. Uh, and then we yeah we caught a double decker bus down to um, Wollongong to do all our um, the same thing with our Wollongong fans. You know, su- support and celebrate with them and thank them for the you know the, the year and, and enjoy it with them as well. And yeah, there's some interesting. That was an interesting ride down with a double decker bus and you know a few people in the streets waving to us and whatnot. I think everyone, everyone in all of Sydney and Wollongong that has got a red and white jersey says they were at Cogra that day after the grandstand. There must have been four hundred thousand people there. Uh, pretty much every single person I've ever met that goes to Dragons was back there, um, including uh, young Rick that works for the NRL. He, he tells me he was there, but never spotted. And, and there's, everyone was always there. So, and that was it. Did sort of feel like that, I suppose, when we did get back to to Cogra and Oki there, and hence the reason why no one was there on the double decker bus at eight a.m. the next morning. No, it was, a, it was a cool experience. It was cool to kind of celebrate it twice too, I think. Obviously at Cogra with our fans there and then take the bus trip down the next day and, and do it again. And your house at the time had had, had a pretty good fit out um, for an after party. Do you remember the after party after presentation that year? All I remember was you had a disco ball. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I moved around a couple of different apartments. I'm trying to think what year I was at what apartment, but well, wouldn't say the house, disco ball. How apartment. many disco balls did you have? But I had this one, it wasn't a disco ball, it was a disco light, but it had, um, you could like 
hook your phone up to it so you could play music and the lights would go to the music, the beat. So I didn't mind going out for a few drinks and things back then. So I'd um, made sure that 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 light went back to Brisbane for my off seasons and my parties with my mates in Brisbane. And I was back in the group parties with all the boys after games. So yeah, well, good times, my friend. Um, that's about it. Anything you want to say, mate? Any any memories that I didn't touch on that make you feel warm and fuzzy? I know you love getting warm and fuzzy. Well, it's pretty good. It's good just chatting about. It, I think it's good to remember those good times in your life because, um, like, well, it's been that was ten years ago, and I haven't been. Well, I've been back to a grand final, and we lost it with. We don't need to talk about that, mate. It's not ten about that. Ago, so it's hard to hard to get there, and even harder to win. So. Yeah, it's good times when you can remember those things and the things that you've worked for so hard in your career that if you're lucky enough to even get there once and win one, then um, you always have those memories. And all the people you do it with too, I think you always have a special bond because you know you work so hard from November all the way till October for one common goal and to do it with you know, 17 guys and a lot of ups and downs and hurdles along the way and get it all done and, and do it. It's the best thing you can do in rugby league. Awesome. Well said, my friend. That's made me give me tingles and uh, I look forward to catching up and, and giving you a cuddle that you don't want. Sounds good. You Thanks, mate. On the next episode of the True Believers podcast, I'm sitting down with my mate, premiership winning 5'8", Jamie Soward. Yeah, when we meet in 10 years' time, we want to shake hands and have our rings clink. Yeah, that, that always stood out in my mind because uh, it's a symbolism of the, the people that the greats of the game have 